always wanted to know who the best player was on tour simply because I wanted to actually work as hard. And then I ran into a, a little guy by the name of George Knudsen out of Canada. And I watched him hit the golf ball. I watched him with the white stand, making the club back way inside, releasing the club. One of the greatest ball strikers I'd ever seen. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the McKellar Golf Podcast. My name is Lawrence Stoning and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Jeff Shackford. Shack, how are you doing, Bob? Uh, Lawrence, I'm doing absolutely wonderful. Just having a good old time watching the uh, world of golf in action. Busy for this time of year. Oh my God, it is crazy. Um, all sorts going on. Uh, so it should be a packed show. We should really crack on straight into it. Uh, oh God, where, where do we start? I guess uh, woke up this morning to the news that the... Uh, the dome for the TGL, uh, this, uh, <laughs> this golf league thing, uh, indo- has, uh, has uh, didn't collapse as an initially reported. It uh, it was deflated. Oh, I think uh, somewhat. I think it's reflecting how most people felt after last week's launch. But um, anyway, hopefully it'll be back up and running. And what you'll be glad to know, Jeff, that it's not going to be delayed according oh, to Steve. That is a load off. In <laughs> uh, uh, um, actually speaking of the TGL, one of the uh, the godfathers of the TGL, um, Rory McIlroy is playing in the uh, in Dubai this week at the climax event for the European Tour, uh, the race to Dubai. He's the winner of the race to Dubai, which he won last week. I remember Jeff when that European Tour. This kind of sound like an old man, but the European Tour, you know, race to wherever it was um, back in the day was a really the order of merit, I guess we call it. Was a big deal. Yeah. Now it's an, I mean, an afterthought. I mean, McElroy did a press conference yesterday, uh, in which he was almost apologetic for the way that he'd won it and for failing to prioritize it. Uh, it's a real shame. I don't know. Uh, I don't think it used to be pretty heavily attended by the media, but of course, the golf media has been decimating. So uh, I don't think there's much coverage of it now. It's a, again another sign of. Uh, the European tour, uh, where it's going, what's going to happen to it. Uh, we'll come on to the negotiations. But the main thing, anyway, I wanted to brought up Rory is a, a statement put out last night uh, that uh, Rory had resigned from the Player Advisory Council. Is that is that the right? I, uh, so many committees, it, Jeff, I get confused. No, they're calling it the Board of Directors now. It used to be the Policy Board, but they've shifted to Board of Directors. Did they always put out statements when people arrived and left us uh, this? Uh, yeah, well, new new, new people, yeah. Uh, and then they obviously had no choice this summer with Randall Stevenson when he resigned. And then this with Rory is just a, it's a stunner, uh, just an absolute stunner, given that they met all day Monday and that he uh, <laughs> uh, he's had he's had a lot of time to realize this is not for him. And the timing is obviously quite curious given the fact that they're mulling these offers and uh, Patrick Cantlay's on the group. Tigers joined the group. They just added a new member to fill Randall Stevenson's seat. Um, Just, just shocking timing given the fact that we know he would like to be involved in this decision and he is checking out and we just don't know why, but uh, I'm thrilled because you know how I feel. I, I feel like his, uh prime has a few more years left uh, and and embarrassingly i didn't put it in my item in the quad but i, I started going into his stats during his peak year of winning majors versus recently and and to, to back up that he is a more complete player now than he than he was then his putting numbers were awful during his his great years yeah. uh winning majors they're better now everybody seizes on his putting you go wow he's he's done he's actually improved but i just think he's got 
I think he's got three to four years of, of peak golf. And this stupid thing has been uh, a distraction and maybe, you know, maybe a good distraction. Sometimes maybe it gets you not thinking too much, but I, I think he's just too good at what he does. He's too mature at this point. And, and I, I just have to think it was an energy situation where he's just wasting so much energy on these, these, these stupid calls and <laughs> reading memos and, and, Maybe he just had enough, but I, I just think there's got to be something that happened in that Monday meeting that also precipitated the... Uh... I mean, it just might just be, it might be the case that he is just fed up, he's tired with it. Uh, uh, there was a really telling line, and he's. Uh, I recommend everybody goes to ASAP Sports and reads the complete transcript of Rory's uh, press conference uh, from Dubai this week, the pre-tournament press conference. There's really, really good, lots of chunky stuff in there, very interesting stuff. Yeah. But there was a telling line at the end about, uh, you know, are you really enjoying having a seat at this table? Talking about the negotiations, he said, no, not at all. Not what yeah. I signed up for. Yeah. And I just wondered if, I mean, we can sort of analyze it and, you know, speculate about it. But I just wondered if it really was the case that he just simply got fed up with it. Couldn't be bothered. It was taking up too much um, time and energy. Um, or, or if there was something more... Sinister is the wrong word, but if there was something more substantial in, in why he stood down, uh, th there is a case. I mean, I speculated last night a couple of things. One that he um, that he was utterly pissed off about being knifed by his uh, pal, ex-pal, whoever, uh, whatever you want to describe him, Jimmy Dunn, and then Jay Monaghan, who he, presumably he was uh, trusting of and a partner with, uh, and he turned up one day and on the the events of June the sixth, as they're called. To discover that he had gone behind his back and uh, done some sort of deal with the yeah. Saudis, I wonder if uh, <laughs> you think there's a bit of that in there. Yeah, and then having to put out this this basically That's party right. line about, oh yeah, we really want to get this done and get peace in the world and work with Yasir and all that. He doesn't. He doesn't want that. I mean, he he has been open. And I believe him that he's met the guy and respects. Uh, his intelligence and whatever, and his passion for the game, all that, but he's having to be the one out there saying that stuff. And as I wrote in my, my piece last night, you know, he's really the only one able to do this. And that's just pathetic when you're paying somebody $15 million a year. But I, I yeah. would also say, Lawrence, if you read that whole session, one of the things that you notice that happens to Rory when he goes overseas, even Dubai, um, which, you know, they're not exactly saints over there, but he, he he likes it there. He likes Europe. He likes seeing the world. And if you go into that transcript, he gets in a mood when he leaves the United States and he realizes how insular and and this this vision that they have is about playing these events the PGA tour being an, a, a U.S. tour and they're more insistent on that than ever it appears. And that's what, that was a product of that Delaware summit. And if you go and read this, you, you see all these little mentions of, of things related to championships around the world. And I, I think he gets, I'm not going to say emotional, but I think he, he gets out of Florida and he realizes, yeah, th th there's more, to this game and there's great things about being around the world i mean just look what he said about australia uh yeah i yep. look at the australian open trophy see the names on that to me that's what's being a professional golfer and being competitive is all about is being able to go and win all the world and to test yourself in different conditions on different grasses i feel like i've been doing that for the last you know 15 years and i think i'm better because of it and i think he he just um you know you know you saw he's been talking to john rom and we know john rom feels strongly about that as well so 
I, I just my sense is that it's probably a number of things, but I do I do feel like when he goes, you see it at the open, you see it at the Scottish Open. It's a little, it's like a little mini wake up call each time he does it, and he goes, yeah, I mean, I love Florida life, yeah, all that stuff. He loves the United States, but he he also. I think has some guilt about the way the European tour is being treated and the rest of the world's been treated. He lived in Dubai for four years, but the, the problem he's very schizophrenic, uh, Rory, though. I mean, he, he, I'm not saying he wants to have his cake and eat it, but he wants to, you know, he wants to, to play both sides. He, I do get the point you're making about him being an international golfer, him, uh, him praising or talking about the Australian Open in such glowing terms. Well, if he loves it that much, why hasn't he been down there for what, six, seven years? I mean, I know he went down there and won. He won at Royal Sydney a couple of, a few years back. But I mean, he hasn't yeah, been no, that, down there. That's fair. But yeah. I'm saying, in yeah. terms of as they're trying to shape this new model and this new concept, this is a chance to make the Scottish Open a designated event or whatever they're calling them now. The uh, yeah. super, I don't know. I have already forgotten now. Um, and a chance to look at Australia or look at different things. You see what Liv did when it went to Adelaide. All that stuff. You look at the possibility, yeah, the PGA of America could be could be coerced to go down there for a PGA, all that stuff. This is that chance right now to reimagine that. And and I got a sense that from everything we've seen that that they're going the opposite direction, that that this the PGA tour is going to be a very America focused entity. Well, that which brings me to the uh, other possible explanation is that he is uh, not in the slightest bit happy with the way negotiations are going. Uh, I guess we could come on to the latest updates on that. Um, but as I understand it, that uh, <laughs> again, people are conflating the two things. Uh, you did see the interview. I'm sure everybody read the interview this week, uh, Paul Kimmage's uh, annual review with Rory. Uh, that I guess it, there was lots of great stuff in it in part one. Uh, but the thing that caught everybody's ear was actually his description of Patrick Cantley as a dick. But as I understand it, Cantley's taken an extremely close uh, look, uh, close involvement in the negotiations, and I just wonder if Rory's, you know, I mean, the two you you kind of you bond you you bind those two things together, and you just get, you know, yeah. what I don't want to spend any more time on this arguing this uh, with this person or these people who feel like that, and I, and 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 he's decided to step back and. It, for that reason, and also because it it does tie in with these, you know, as you say, these are the prime years of his golfing career. I mean, he, why would he want to be wasting them arguing with you oh. know, insular people, uh, greedy people, um, you know, just go and play golf? That, I mean, it yeah. might, again, it might be a, a confluence of all all these factors. Yeah, and he's been out with the F one people. He's seen how that world's working. I mean, it's just any number of things that you you think oh, it's about time that he. He finally did this. I mean, Paul Azinger has said it many times. When you're on the policy board, that used to be the sign that you were, yeah, you know, winding down, and you were, you just wanted to leave a legacy of of helping, uh, and your career was done. And this idea these guys are getting in this in their prime is kind of nuts. And uh, but gosh, and then did you read the memo that that uh, Jay Monahan put out on stationery? Wow, uh, man, was there some fantastic jargon in there? Wow, there was just some. Some amazing stuff about value adds, and I guess we should jump into the Monaghan memo that was sent out uh, to all PG Tour players. Again, you're right; it was full of utter gobbledygook. It took me back to the the halcyon days of Tim Finchel. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> although you always got the sense that Finchel was slightly taking the piss. I think uh, Jay Monaghan might actually mean this garbage. 
Uh, I, I think the only thing you could really take out was the suggestion or the news that uh, moving ahead on any future commercial PGA Tour enterprise, uh, that the players themselves would own an, an equity stake. Again, very, very uh, vague, but it takes me back again to the meeting that Mickelson and Egon Durbin had in 2000, yeah. at the end of 2020, 2019, with Ed Herley and Jay Monaghan suggesting this fall series, 50% owned by the PG Tour, 50% owned by the players. I, I mean, goodness me, it's uh, it's it's deja vu all over again. Who knows how that, I mean, how much do, would the PG Tour, PG Tour players get? What's a, oh. what's a reasonable number? Is it 50%? I'm guessing the PG Tour Inc., uh, Fenway Sports or whoever will not be will not be keen to give away fifty percent to the participants no. in the league. Yeah, no chance, no chance. Not with what they're supposedly going to invest. I it's beyond my my uh, my ability to understand what it would be, how you would figure out who deserves what uh, and why, and then when did and if a guy loses his game and loses his card, does he? What is it? How does that work? Or is this just a, a fund that goes to the retirement? I, I don't, I don't, uh, if I remember rightly, this equity share suggestion came up uh, via Jimmy Dunn in the aftermath of uh, June the 6th. Yeah, it sounded half our stand, and here we are. We've moved on five or six months, and it doesn't sound any more clear or well, well formed. It's again, it just seems like it's an idea, and we're back to the same issue, which is, um, what are they doing to improve their? their sport, their product, the game. Uh, this is all just money, money stuff. And, uh, you know, you just look at all the numbers that baseball just uh, has revealed about the season and the tweaks they finally made and how much it improved the game, how much it improved attendance. Uh, it worked. It was great. The NBA has got an in-season tournament now they're trying um, to liven up basically the dog days of certain times of year. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the tour that released a uh, new new slow play policy today that sounds like it was <laughs> crafted by Patrick Cantlay, not liking how he was picked on or something. And it makes no sense. It won't do anything to speed up play. Uh, and you just think, well, what are you guys doing to improve your, your uh, so-called product? And yeah, and maybe, look, you have to make a deal and then you, you review these things. But this has been the problem all along. They just are very insular. They don't give two hoots about the game. They should be excited about a potential uh, equipment uh, conversation because I think it's pretty clear that that driver and wedge golf isn't interesting. They could care less. They want to. They just want to do whatever the manufacturers want. So it's just it's kind of exhausting. And and uh, hopefully, and maybe that's where Rory got. He's just tired of it all. Tired of the. Uh, Missing the big picture, I think, would be the way I, because he gets that. That's what I think we like about him. And what I wrote last night, you know, when he's made mistakes, he's changed his mind. But 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 he he does it based on giving a matter thought and talking about it with somebody like Tiger or Jack Nicholas or whoever. Um, you know, he's 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 a uh, uh, he's he's there. They were lucky to have him, and and I think it'll be a shame they don't have him in the room any longer. But I'm. I'm glad he's getting out. I'm, I think he's got uh, he's got a big year ahead. And you saw he's brewing. You know the the not winning the U.S. Open is the one that's still bugging him from this year. And um, so he's got some good major yeah. venues for his game coming up uh, as well. But they have to get to this soon, Jeff, because people are well. We're we're nerds in this world, and and we're bored, and we're t you know drumming our fingers. Uh, people are going to start you know thinking something's up. I mean, they really have to get something out there soon. Otherwise, 
I think delaying it is a strategy because if they're trying to prevent Liv from plucking some some players. I think they're they're kind of trying to run the clock out here. Just on the negotiations and the way that people are perceiving it, uh, our old pal Frank Noble did a really good oh, great. Uh, podcast with um, with Gary Williams and made a the, the point that these players better be careful. Otherwise, well, it's too late. People think they're spoiled and overpaid. Uh, Frank did make the case that the, the professional golfers, certainly at the top level, are overpaid, aren't they, these days? Yeah, com- commensurate with the ratings. You know, I've mentioned that a jillion times, and, and it's uh, it's worse than ever in, in terms of, of the disparity. And look, we, we know golfers bring something to the table um, that, that you know, Big Ten women's volleyball doesn't bring to the table, that 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 some of the most influential uh, business people and athletes and politicians play golf. And so the audience in golf is different. And, it, and, and, and I've never understood why golf can't be satisfied with the fact that it has that part of its audience. And right now it should be growing its audience because the sport is the participation's up and top golf's doing well, despite what wall street, God, wall street is so awful. <laughs> Callaway's numbers are still great with top golf. They didn't book some corporate outings and they dropped by a little tiny amount. They just, they just hammered the stock. But in general, the sport, uh, we know their perception issues still, but the, uh, these, these golfer athletes bring something different. However, that's not the the numbers are not going up. Uh, nobody's are except in women's sports. Interestingly, um, yeah. and and another reason why again you wonder why aren't they talking about mixed stuff more? Why why aren't they trying to make the LPGA a stronger partner uh, and working harder to make them stronger because it's good for us? All that stuff. So um, it, it's uh, it was a great interview though with Frank for him to put that out there and 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 I had a few people wonder well is he going to get in trouble and like well no that's that's CBS's view too they're not gonna they're not gonna say that but all the people in television are just getting tired of where do these guys get this attitude um, you know we just want to we just want to interview them in the middle of a round and they're acting like it's the end of the world and you know you're not delivering the numbers guys you need to. <laughs> We put a lot of money into this and a lot of work, especially CBS. And Patrick Mahomes can wear a microphone during the uh, during the Super Bowl. I mean, my goodness, it's exhausting. It's exhausting for TV. They're tired of it, and they also know they're about to have somebody come knocking on their door, going, "Ah, we want more money because we now have this private equity thing." And I, you know, and I, uh, bad time to be going to <clears throat> Viacom, Comcast, and Disney, uh, and and uh, Warner Discovery for uh, asking for more money. The other one is, uh, the other voice was uh, Luke Donald, surprisingly. My goodness, he's come out of his shell. Uh, he was speaking to, again, why don't we get these great guests on pod- on our podcast, Jeff? Uh, he was, Luke was on uh, our old pal Ian Carter's podcast, The Chipping Forecast. BBC. I mean, come on. We're not BBC. He was um, he was talking about old beat players thinking, you know, they're maybe worth a bit more than they actually are. Uh, he's talking about the introduction of Liv. The quote is a good quote. It's, uh, it gives unreasonable values on what people think they're worth. You're worth what anyone's prepared to pay with you, pay for you, I suppose. But for me, it creates too much entitlement, certainly amongst yeah. players. See, I think the ball going too far is what creates the entitlement. But yes, the money yeah. does too. Well, that, and he said uh, these players think they should be paid like NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. People forget <laughs> there's a lot of pressure coming down from television. They're looking to cut right rights freeze. I, I mean, speak the truth, Luke Donald. Yeah, I mean, he's absolutely. Uh, you know, you're worth what people will pay you. But my goodness, you better not ask for. Uh, or too much well no no and that's the problem and it offends and then it offends the partners and they look at the numbers and they go well yeah yeah great you you do better on the numbers and we'll uh we'll take good care of you and 
And and by the way, the real, you know, the the genius of the PGA Tour model, where most of the advertising is sold, uh, none of these people had anything to do with that. That's from Dean Beeman's right. era, and I'm forgetting the name of the guy who uh, conceived it all. But anyway, and Dean, yeah, you know, wrote that uh, and built that, and and it was brilliant. And that has nothing to do with these guys today, and they should, uh, they have no clue about that, uh, most of them either. So. It really, and you know how I feel. A lot of these guys are not. Uh, if you look at the endorsement lists, and and I don't know how accurate those are because they always seem to forget Ricky Fowler, who I think makes as much as anybody in golf right now. But athletes in other sports are looked to uh, with more admiration than 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 uh, golfers, and and golfers have always had a little. Uh, well, a big chunk of that that list up at the top because yeah, they they were not controversial and they were classy and they were uh, elegant and all these different things. Nicholas and Palmer and player before he lost his mind and uh, and they don't have that now. They they don't the athletes uh, that people look to yeah. for style and influence. They're they're in other sports. Yeah. You look at any regular Sunday on TV. I mean, I know Sunday is NFL day, but my goodness, all the mainstream. American corporations are all, uh, they're all using the NFL players and NBA players and F1. You know, that, that space. Yep. F1 guys. Uh, so yeah, here, the other, just quickly on the, uh, that let's call it negotiation space. Uh, there was a report in the New York times yesterday. I don't know if, how much we want to put into that, that, uh, Adam, is it Adam Silver, the, the, yeah, the commissioner of the NBA, NBA commissioner, uh, I'd been approached and asked if he'd be interested in the PGA Tour job. And do you think put much store in that? I mean, if I'm Jay Monahan and I read that and thinking, oh my goodness, this is the New York Times. This is not fake news. Yeah, the implication was that the one of the investment groups uh it did it wasn't clear whether they were they were asking him if he wanted to directly replace Jay or be above him, but they were they were going somebody went to him with the idea, well, we're gonna give them this money and uh uh, yeah. And he quickly said, "No." And by the way, a guy who has has really taken an international perspective on on the NBA, <laughs> which would not get too well with the current group of golfers. The interna- internationalization of these sports, these American based sports, the, the NFL has been in Germany for the last two weeks. It was in London the week before that, and the the NBA is for 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 all sorts of different reasons. It's forever in 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 China. It has games over in in the UK and Europe, uh, and for the, the for the PGA Tour to become more insular and more um, American centric, it just seems to me to be complete madness. Especially given that its core audience, is, I mean, if, if the last five years has proven anything, it's the the core audience for PGA Tour golf in the United States or in North America is shrinking a lot. I don't know why they would double down on that. Well, the networks may be part of that conversation because they love that weekend daytime programming. It fills up a lot. The ads are sold and we, we focus on ratings, but for them and they're in the dreaded inventory word, it's, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, look at the CW has the guy was interviewed saying, you know, Hey, we weren't getting anybody watching us during the day. So any rating is basically better. And um, so they do like that part about golf. And if you go international, obviously you start to 
lose that. Although we we've seen that if you show that stuff on tape delay, <laughs> half the people don't even they don't even know it's not live, and that's fine too. Um, and you can even kind of double dip like they do with the open. They'll they'll air it live, and then they rebroadcast it. And in the middle of summer, they haven't got anything else to put on. So it just goes back always to the lack of imagination, and then also the players being mostly American, driving the fact they just don't want to travel the world. And I get it. Um, it's, it's a long year. We ask a lot of them when they play a tournament, it's a long week, you know, all those things, <clears throat> but this is their chance to, to kind of uh, reimagine and tighten things and expand things and, and massage and take into account what other sports are doing. And, uh, and we've seen it too. It's just their resistance to live and, uh, yeah. the, the ideas that live has had that some of the ones that are good, uh, they just, they just have, uh, they're just a kind of a closed shop when it comes to, and the, and the more the players are, are, uh, consulted, the, the worse it gets. We shouldn't really just keep it on and on and on and on about the short sightedness of the PGA tour. It's a, a drum we've been banging for a long time, but my goodness, uh, what an opportunity this presents. And so far. For all we know, one of these groups is thinking that way, and uh, Rory liked that group, and maybe that group's not uh, at the at the top of the list. Who knows? I don't know that, but that's very possible. When you have that many people bidding, uh, there could be a lot of different things. But of course, it's again for the PGA Tour Enterprises, which is not the nonprofit tournament operation. So I really don't know what they're how they're going to structure it. I guess we just have to wait. But I I just don't think you're going to get an answer very soon. I think they're going to try to drag this out. And uh, uh, until the to the point where where live guy where somebody can't jump to live, and uh, it would sure help if live had a schedule. Somebody who was thinking of jumping could <laughs> actually plan when they might play this year. Uh, so here we are near Thanksgiving, and they don't they don't have a schedule. Uh, I didn't forget the top Jeff, but I should mention it uh, for those people listening to this who haven't uh, yet got their uh, McKellar magazine. Please go to McKellar magazine. Dot com. Uh, it's. Uh, I don't know whether we stand on the war on Christmas, Jeff, but Christmas is coming round, or holiday season, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, uh, we have a beautiful box set, uh, four issues of McKellar uh, together in a lovely um, slipcase. What, what numbers is that? Numbers four, five, six, and seven, I think it yeah, is. Number right. eight coming okay. soon. So, yeah. um, anyway, perfect gift for the uh, golfer in your life. Uh, go to mckellarmagazine.com and... Uh, Make their Christmas. Uh, Jeff, uh, how's the quadrilateral doing? Uh, any new subscribers of note? Uh, <laughs> I don't talk about my <laughs> subscribers. They're, they're all wonderful people, and I thank them, and uh, uh, we'll just leave it at that. It's going well. I'm uh, uh, a little behind on this week's notes because I, I uh, had a couple of breaking news pieces the last couple of days. I wanted to write about – I wanted to, I thought about Frank's comments for a while, Nabilo, before I wrote that uh, – that one and then Rory the news yeah I just have been kind of uh stewing on 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 his game and who he is and what his potential is for a few more years here and so when I saw that news yesterday I went okay well and and that's the beauty of what I get to do is I can write a a piece like that that if I pitch to a magazine editor or excuse me a an online editor at most of the publications they would go um well, yeah, you know, they'd him and ha, and it's like, yeah, no, no, I have a thought on this, and I have some insight, and I, I think my readers would like to know this news, and I'm on the West Coast, and a lot of them didn't even know it happened, and blah, blah, blah. So I love what I'm doing. It's, uh, you know, I haven't gotten myself into too much trouble yet, but, um, uh, and yeah, and I have even but been sitting on, I've been sitting on one about Gary Player that uh, it could make the news and notes this week, but uh, 
I'm, I'm mulling. I don't want to be a cancel culture kind of person, but uh, his his yeah. little comment on the air last week about the Augusta National Women's Amateur uh, just really uh, annoyed me. But uh, he's entitled the, uh, to his opinion. Uh, not not really. He, he, he's really not. Um, <laughs> actually, I, 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 I no, you're saw right. That. He's on like quadruple yeah. probation at the moment. Yeah. So. I, I, did, I did see that, and he was singing the praises of uh, he, he singing the I'm swinging the singing the praise of Annika, and of course the two of them they showed up at the White House right on January seventh. I mean, peas and a pod. Oh, on the seventh, uh, yes, yes, on yes. the seventh, yeah, to get yeah. their their gold medals or whatever. Anyway, I, we had some lunatic uh, having a go at us last week on Twitter for being too left wing communist yeah. lunatics. But anyway, but we'll but the right. idea that Augusta Nationals built this tournament into uh, what it is, he just doesn't agree that that's uh, it's been a great thing, and he just said it on television. He just that was all he said, and he just it was so awkward, so bad, and. It just, just, geez, Jerry, Gary, my gosh, you know, um, and he, he's been a supporter of the drive chip event. Of course, he told half the kids about the problems of oil and <laughs> getting fat and horrible. Th- I don't think he's giving out any more trophies, but right. like, how, I I know, just, I, how you could look at the Augusta National Women's Amateur and find uh, something. The only thing I could find negative about it is that they play that stupid practice around the middle of the tournament. Right. I, that, I'm going to stop you there because that's enough about Gary Player. Uh, other little snippets, uh, Jeff. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm hesitate to bring this up, but I, I, I cheated golf was one of my uh, one of my uh, one of the subjects close to my heart. It was a brilliant. As people haven't seen it, uh, brilliant video. Well, brilliant. I say brilliant. It wasn't brilliant. It was uh, it was awful. A bit of cheating on the on the uh, on the Asian tour this week. Uh, so um, God, I'm I'm hesitate to try and pronounce the guy's name. The guy was leading. Kong Watmai of Thailand was leading by one. Got, blocked his tee shot into the the cabbage or the trees on 16, and then proceeded. To, I mean, he might as well have got a a chainsaw out. Uh, it took me back to that day. I remember Kevin Na was in the the foliage yeah. of the uh, the Valero Open somewhere in Texas and. I think he ran up a 16, but played it very, very straight. Good on Kevin. Um, but this guy was essentially just dragging trees out. And uh, the worst thing about it, Jeff, was that this is the point I wanted to make. The worst thing about it was that rules officials stood there and watched them. I think rules officials are now officially scared of players. They, yeah. they, they don't want to dig, but you see it on the PG Tour all the time, uh, especially when the players are, quotes and quotes, big names. The rules officials just stand back and let them get away with murder. Well, this guy—I mean, he's a, it's a long name, but he's not a big name. Um, just amazing. I recommend it if you haven't seen it. Go and go and try and find it on social media somewhere. It will curl your hair. Possible. Uh, both he and the rules official uh, read the Golf Digest How to Cheat at Golf uh, package of stories uh, that is uh, out there. Maybe that was it. They just—he was inspired after. Taking in that uh, incredible piece of golf journalism. <laughs> what was it? I missed that, Jeff. What was that about? I didn't see it. Uh, well, just go on Instagram. You can get the gist of the ways to cheat at golf or spot a cheater. And uh, But I highly recommend reading the, the, the replies on Instagram to uh, – to the 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 package of stories that they have put out about how to cheat at golf and i don't and they're not even they're not even good ways to you know stand your ground in bunkers i don't even know what that means uh it's um it's 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 a low point uh low point for golf digest what a shame uh listen finally we uh was the netflix oh speking of low points yesterday (laughs) 
Well, hang on a second. We've got to be careful that we're doing sound like two old men, you know, shouting at clouds. Oh, I don't think we were uh, alone in I, having strong views on the Netflix cup. Yeah. <laughs> based on. Well, yeah, the reactions were you, basically, I mean, people just were not appalled, the wrong word, but thought it was awful. Um, if you haven't seen it or haven't read about it, it was a bunch of PGA Tour players, Max Homa, Tony Funau, uh, Ricky Fowler, and Justin Thomas, and a bunch of Formula One guys, oh, Les, uh, Carlos Sainz, uh, Alex Albon, uh, and a couple of other guys, I can't remember who. Um, it was, a, a, what do we call it, a modified scramble. It seemed like a mess. I don't think anybody uh, no. knew what the rules were. Or it was, as I say, I've already used the word mess. Uh, the production values, I mean, it was oversaturated. It looked like, a, oh. I mean, it really was, it was. And of course, they made a big thing of the sphere in, in Las Vegas, uh, which is, I mean, quite something to behold. However, by this stage, it's been going for a couple of months. You two have been there. It was, I think everybody in the world who's wanted to see the sphere or a photograph or a television picture of the sphere has already seen that. So, um, but terrible, terrible hosts, terrible production values, terrible golf. And everybody was mic'd up. Some of the mics worked sometimes, some of them didn't. I just thought uh, this was Netflix's first venture into uh, live streaming sports. Or, um, and I just thought, my goodness. I guess uh, Rory mentioned this uh, earlier in the week in re reference to his TGL. Uh, the, the, the hope is to bring younger people into golf. And I'm guessing that the Netflix Cup uh, fell into the same kind of category. And I was watching it and I was thinking, I'm a sort of older person, but I was watching and thinking, this is an old person's idea of what young people think. What an absolute insult to the intelligence of young people. Yeah, there's that, and then there's the the you know, and I'm not a brand expert, but but I'm I, I know what Netflix stands for and wants to and why they've gotten to where they've gotten in terms of the streaming world, and you just think why would something so cartoonish and 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 with such tacky you know like like Squid Games really needed a, a promotional push, you know. <laughs> it's i think it's doing okay uh yeah it's just you, you think what what why would they want to be associated with with something so so corny and cheesy and lame and desperate and um i i, I guess they felt they needed to do these things to to make uh it interesting but um you know, I, I just kept thinking, my gosh, now I, w I would love to see a show uh, and I get it. I mean, this is live. They wanted live. So live, you've got to do some different stuff. But uh, for them, uh, content wise, they would have been so much better off doing something a little more intimate and, and cool and laid back with with these golfers hanging out with these drivers and and exploring in depth what the intricacies are of their sports and what they do something intelligent you know netflix yeah netflix has has like anything else it has uh light fluffy stuff but though that, that those colors black and red and that that font and it, it it's just like hbo at its in its heyday it elicits a feeling that you are a smart sophisticated viewer watching yeah. something with a little edge and a little originality and and a freshness and and that's to me is what netflix is about 
And so for them to to make their first live thing, and I, I get it, the sphere just adds, I mean, the sphere looks amazing, but it adds such like a, you're on mushrooms and you're, you're in another world. I mean, it was just it was freakish uh, how it looks from the golf course, but um, uh, it was, yeah, it was a cluster. There's people everywhere with cameras and, and the sound at times there were about 18 mics open and Oh Lordy it, it, but as you say, yeah, it's what old people think young people want. And um, yeah. And, and Excel was a big part of that and they're a big part of the TGL. So get ready for, uh, for more of it. Um, actually, Jeff, you might, you know a lot more about this stuff than me. I want to ask you this. Why is nobody, it's all about chasing this younger demographic so why has nobody in the golf space unlocked the secret? Why has nobody found something that uh, is credible, watchable, and appeals to, to younger people? Everybody's striving for this, but nobody's yet done it. Well, I yeah, you know, I think you look at what No Laying Up does. They've they have a young audience, and they they've managed to retain their integrity and the and sophistication uh, in terms of how they view the sport. Uh, there are people who've done it. It's just that in most cases, it's executives who rely on their kids for market research, and then their kids and their kids don't really like them or their their dad's job sometimes, and so they don't really get good information. Uh, and they go, oh well, then my kid liked Ricky because he looks like a skateboarder, so let's give him three million a year uh, to wear a logo on his sleeve. I, you know, it's kind of comes down to that. Um, and I just think you have a lot of people who view uh older people who just they just think younger people are stupid and they just uh, think that anything sophisticated would be uh boring television i mean just the idea let's just think about this you know how simulators have become a thing in golf we found out or i did and that mike mccarley interview i think i knew this to some extent but the tiger plays a course on a simulator before he plays a tournament and you know the drivers do that in f1 they they'll do simulator work and um yeah, wouldn't it be cool just to listen to both sides of these of these these guys or gals, and if it were women's golf, like listen to them talk about that kind of thing, and 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 do something visually cool with that. And, and but instead, you know, we and again, they had to have a live event. I understand, but uh, I would love to see things like that where somebody just doesn't treat the young person as just a blithering idiot. And um, that seems to be the overriding problem. But yeah, I think, I don't think there are many great examples out there. And yet, by the way, and yet, by the way, we, uh, we've gotten some staggering numbers on youth participation uh, in golf. And we know you go to the driving range, the game has gotten younger. And uh, maybe the answer is to just stop trying so damn hard and just do good stuff. And people will find it and people will respect it. But there is some inferiority complex in golf that is just off the charts where we have to turn it into a, a party of hooligans and numb nuts and, and act like uh, freaks. And that's going to appeal to the kids. And it's, uh, it's embarrassing. God, it's embarrassing. I mean, of course, you know, viewing habits and uh, consumption has completely changed. But I guess back in the day, the Shell's Wonderful World of Golf, and even the skins game, remember the skins games? Of course. Uh, they, they reached a a different audience. Yeah. A different audience. But uh, you know, a, a more a, a more non-golf audience. I guess that's what the current generation of of uh, media producers are are trying to do. And maybe it's just not possible. 
TGL's trying, so we'll see. That's um... well, yeah, but, but but as you said, I mean, if Excel were involved in that last night, that doesn't augur well for their involvement in um, in the in the TGL. Surely, the more I've thought about it, the more concerned I grow. I, I get with that when uh, you know they keep talking about hoping to have these <clears throat> these this banter, the witty banter, and the guys leading oh each other and and having it go viral. Um, yeah, we did that last year at the Genesis when uh, Tiger and uh, uh, Justin Thomas had their little tampon handoff. Yeah, n- these aren't. Th- this is dangerous territory for you guys. Don't <laughs> don't try too hard to make things go viral. It, it there's almost a ninety nine percent chance it'll blow up in your face. Well, the the other thing about it, see, I take it they're, they're, I assume they're taking the idea from NFL films, but th- those are that's all taken care of in post production. You know, to do this but witty banter live. I mean, got professional golfers. It's are dangerous. Not, trust yeah. me. That, it's yeah, dangerous. They're not, uh, uh, they are. They're, they're not any great comedians. I, I just keep asking this question: If these guys did occasional instruction, or we had a little more instruction in golf broadcasts, because we've just said goodbye to Costas and Johnny Miller and swing breakdowns and Faldo. You, you talk about something that people want who are you want to yeah. get more people watching. There's so many new people to the game uh, or people who went to a top golf and they might tune in and they're curious. And, and, and when these guys do, when they give you insight into what their thinking is and how to get better, the ones who are good at it and not all of them are, but you know, somebody like Luke Donald's good at that. There are people who've given it a lot of thought. Most of them have at a certain age, they have a lot to share. But that that's just something none of these entities want to tap into. And I get they get criticism. Oh, you got to show shots and you got to show shots. And that means you can't do a a quick uh, instruction thing. But, you know, when I think of, when Johnny Miller got the job at NBC, I believe the first year or two, they had a a net and a mat. Oh, right wow. next to the booth and he could pop out and do a quick <laughs> instruction hit. Well, you're telling me now in the booth you couldn't put in a simulator. Um and pop out of the booth and and give a quick uh, forensic on that swing or something. It would be it would be really cool. But 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 again, we've got a lot of entities that uh, will fight that. They want they just want to show shots. There is a there definitely is an audience amongst young people or younger people for for that kind of stuff. There's no question. Look at somebody like uh, Luke Cardenine, the golf dad. We're slagging off golf digest, golf digest earlier on, but Luke does really great stuff and very accessible yep. stuff on. On complicated swing issues, cerebral. I mean, it's yeah. yeah. I guess the point, Jeff, is that maybe uh, they're looking for something that isn't there. Maybe uh, authenticity is more the way to go. Oh, what a concept! Oh, that's I hadn't thought of that. Uh, everybody talks about uh, growing the game. I've, I brought this up a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't have the numbers, but I, I, I went and dug them out today. Uh, youth and course, for those who don't know, it's just uh, kids can sign up for thirty bucks a year. And then um, they can play golf courses around the country, around North America for $5 a pop. Obviously, it works for the golf courses who are trying to get rid of tee times. Kids play for 5 bucks. Guess what? Mom or dad or the pals all come and boom. The golf course is a place yeah. where kids are running around. I see it with my own eyes every day. But the numbers, Jeff, are astonishing. 2019, there were 1,045 uh, participating courses in North America and 70,000 uh, members of Youth On Course. That's 70,000 wow. kids. 2023, there are now 2,035 participating courses and 189,000 kids signed up for Youth On Course. That yeah. is uh, 
I mean, I'm not a great mathematician, but that's getting on for a 300% increase in four years or whatever. And you would imagine that will keep on increasing exponentially. But talk about growing the game. Instead of, you know, shit like the Netflix Cup, you know, I, I don't know what the prize money is for the TGL, but to tell you what, why don't we just whip a couple of million off the top of that and give it to youth on course? <laughs> that would be, I mean, if you want to grow the game in an authentic and lasting way, yeah. Um, actually, Rory mentioned this the other day in, in his press conference. Uh, uh, clearly, uh, the, the amount of money coming towards the PGA Tour is vast, and he was talking about maybe giving some money to the to the RNA and, and the USGA to grow participation in golf. <laughs> he kind of understands that. Um, yeah. Well, he doesn't understand everything. He doesn't understand that the USGA does less than zero to grow participation of golf. The, the RNA is much better. The RNA goes around the world and you know. The irony at one point, the irony did, could, didn't know how to spend the money it had, but it is growing uh, the game of golf in all sorts of uh, wonderful um, places. Um, but yeah, maybe the, the secret is authenticity, is organic growth rather than trying to impose, superimpose this idea of a, a, what a youthful golf uh, fan might want and put, trying to impose that upon kids. Well, you're, you're talking about two different things. You're talking about one is about. Uh, participation in the sport in the future. The other is an is is a marketing advertising organization, which is the PGA Tour, and wanting youth for their advertisers. They could they they're not interested in in whether they play the game or not. They just want them to watch their broadcasts or come to their tournaments. So uh, I can imagine that Rory ran into a bit of a buzzsaw there if he if he <laughs> if he was advocating. Yeah. Uh, for uh, expenditures on on participation and uh, not not on reaching uh, young viewers, and that's where this betting obsession of theirs is coming from, which is so disturbing. And you know, I'm somebody who likes to to place a wager now and then, but man, there's some bleak data out there about gambling addiction, and and uh, and it's so different than other addictions. And I I just have kind of brushed it off and now i'm starting to understand it better and it it scares the daylights out of me because so many it leads to so many suicides because it's not something people see coming and so they're pushing gambling and golf is not a fun sport for gambling i can tell you it it it's tough it's uh it's weird and the odds aren't very great and um it's why i've always, yeah I, you know i've felt very strongly the tour should be about fantasy lineups and fantasy leagues and a more communal approach but um uh, I think that's a great way to make people fans and make people watch and make it less about this kind of cold, uh, just just cold hard numbers. Uh, so and so's got a left right uh, left tendency miss, and so uh, yeah, you know, Sea Island's a bad course for him. You know, don't bet him, and and then of course, you know, eventually we're going to have a competition tainted by it uh, if we haven't already. So well, we have we have already. Yeah. you know, with p people shouting in people's backswings. The, the, the English Premier League is a really good example. They that embraced gambling hugely, and now they've realized that it's a it's a toxic it's a toxic presence. Well, it's it's a key part of this PGA Tour enterprises. So get ready for uh, more of it. Making a quick point on the, the where where authenticity blends with this marketing purpose, uh, a, a young golfer is more likely to be a better viewer or a more valuable viewer for the PGA Tour, surely. 
I mean, somebody who plays golf, they might be more invested in watching golf. Uh, you know. Well, I although I, I'm, I'm beginning to believe that part of their ratings problem, when we know how healthy the sport suddenly is, and uh, you know, these numbers from the Aspen Institute that uh, came out, uh, 1.7 million junior golfers in 2022, a 30 almost well 33% increase uh just just incredible numbers and some of it is related to football and head injuries and more kids steering their or more parents steering their kids to golf but um i think Lawrence we have to wonder if part of the tour's problem is that with participation strong <laughs> fewer people are watching cuz they're out playing golf on the weekends instead of watching the tour event so oh, but- well, well, let's have some events. Well, let's have some events in different time slots. You know, well, oh, no, no. Well, then you get into TV networks and numbers, and uh, but yeah, that that I think at some point that's going to get changed because uh, we're just going to have new people in golf and 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 linear TVs dying and 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 network schedules and things like that are are just going to be less of a determinant on when you play and and all that. So uh, we'll see, but. Yeah, fascinating stuff. A lot, a lot of different. But I think the most important thing, Lawrence, is that the recreational game is is uh, healthier, and that's the, that's the best news. And yeah. uh, now we just need to uh, make sure it it doesn't get uh, tainted by kind of all this money talk. I'm sure there's been damage. I I just don't know how you would how you would measure that. The uh, just very quick note on the final note on the youth on course. I did look up just golf courses in Northern California that are. Part of the youth on course scheme, Pasatiempo. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, can you, you know, I guess I did know that. Yeah. Oh. Five I bucks? Mean, I, five bucks. That's got to be a tough uh, tea time to get. That's got to be. A, well, I'm sure. But, but, the, but I mean, again, that, that's fine as it, as it should be. Yeah. Um, the other ones I saw were uh, Harding Park, a uh, major championship venue. Awesome. Uh, Spanish yeah. Bay. I see you'd have to pay the kids five dollars to play Spanish Bay. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, that's a great honor for for the kids. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, a good absolutely. one. Uh, Poppy Hills is another one. I like Poppy, uh, Beth Page is over over in the East Coast. Obviously, anyway, there's lots and lots. I'm going to have a look. Great. It'll blow good your for mind. for all those if places. You, if if you're sitting there, if you're a professional golfer, or if you're Rory McIlroy, um, you know Rory trying to divert a couple, at least a million from the the TGL uh, prize fund towards youth on course. It will be money well spent. Wow. You know, and you think Youth on Course has done this without the PGA Tours support because they're, I mean, they may have done some things now, but they were early on all first tee and that's still Tim Fincham's baby. And the USGA kind of didn't really, they didn't put it down, but even though Sandy Tatum was involved, it wasn't a focus of theirs either. I think the USGA is now way more pro Youth on Course. I did look at the sponsors at the top of the website, uh, the hats off to TaylorMade and to US Bank and to golf pass so mm. but that's it uh no mention no logo from the usga nothing from any other corporate guys although i'm sure the corporate guys have been contributing to the various auctions over the year anyway youth on course uh check it out uh, i think that's probably us oh quickly uh, jeff very um uh, this is a subject something close to my heart uh european tour qualifying school finished today I, actually incidentally our old pal mike clayton was caddying for El- elvis smiley Elvis missed the cut by a shot, but uh, Clayton was saying uh, the golf courses down there, one of them was in such bad condition that they made it a lift clean in place for both mm. golf courses, uh, which is absolutely outrageous considering the amount of money it costs guys to enter uh, yeah. the European Tour qualifying school. I think it's maybe five or six grand. Uh, at least give them, do them, the, give them enough respect to um, mm. present decent golf courses. 
Um, 25 guys. Actually, it ended up 33, 25 cards on offer, but uh, it was 25 in ties. 33 guys got their got their card, including one 18 year old uh, kid from Doncaster called Josh Berry. Know Josh pretty well. I uh, played junior golf with uh, our spoiled brat. Uh, fantastic. I think he just went to qualifying school for uh, just to have some for golf experience. to play through the winter. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. the experience. And uh-huh. he went. He just uh, he just bulldozed through first stage, second stage, and then he picked up his car today. Wow, so one under par. Uh, nursed at home to finish. I think t- tied nineteenth or something. Absolutely fantastic story. Golf is crazy, Jeff, isn't it? It's just wild. Uh, it is a strange game. Yeah. Uh, well, good for him. That's fantastic. He'll get in some really good events since yeah. more and more Europeans are coming over here. And uh, did I see Bobby McIntyre's hoping to uh, move to the states, possibly? Yep. He, so, uh, yeah. He's taken know. one of the. Uh, he's taken one of the ten cards. Um, yeah, it's something to watch out for if uh, you're looking for some kind of rooting interest this week at the uh, the race to Dubai finale. Um, and Maronk and Ryan Fox are battling out for the number one spot, the, mm. uh, the number one card of the 10 cars that go to the top 10 um, on the European Tour for the PGA Tour. The number one card gets exempted into everything, and then numbers two and nine are scuffling around. They get, mm. They'll get they be re-ranked after the Masters, so that's uh, that's um, that, that'll be a, a, an interesting subplot. Any, I think mm. we'll leave it at that, Jeff. Oh, one, other, one other nice piece of news. Uh, I think we talked about it at the time. The signs and the, the, the there were a lot of signs that were very concerning. But uh, did you see the video? Gary Woodland back hitting balls. He's, he's lost a little weight, but he looks great otherwise. So, boy, that one that one had me worried. The, 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 yeah. the, the lack of uh, information sure sounded bleak. And, um, Ah, very happy for him. Nice, nice, nice fellow, and uh, such a talented player. And that, uh, wow, what a scare! So very happy to see uh, he's well. Yeah, I'll second that. Anyway, Jeff, uh, good to talk to you. I will talk to you next week. All, the best. All right, thanks, Lawrence.